Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Screen Heroes podcast. Happy New Year and welcome to the TV and film show from the Heroes Podcast Network. It's 2021. I am your regular host, Derek, and I have with me my two lovely regular longtime co-hosts, Ryan and Ray. Sup, dudes. Sup, dudes. We are excited to be here. It's a new year, guys. We're, We're past 2020. And that means it's time for us to look back at the previous year before we have a preview of this now new year. Of course, it's a little different because of, you know, 2020 being a literal dumpster fire. So, Ray. Yes. Why don't you take the lead on this New Year's episode? I would be happy to. So usually what I do is I go back and listen to last year's episode to see who got what predictions correct and who uh, made the silliest predictions. And I didn't do that this year because back in January when we had our first show of 2020, there was no way any of us could have predicted what happened. And that is just being as honest as possible you know it, none of us sat there and been like oh by the way in march an entire deadly plague is going to hit the u.s and change up all of our tv plans so instead i just kind of prepared a little bit of 2020 news and we're i'm just gonna like interview you guys about your 2020 oh boy nobody ever interviews me i know for good reason you're the interviewer not the interviewee (laughs) so um we've got a few changes coming up to the screen heroes podcast in the next couple of weeks uh, once WandaVision starts, just want to get this out of the way, we will be reviewing every episode as it debuts. And for this year, we're going to try and split the episodes in half. One's a episode review of something. Um, WandaVision's a good example. Falcon Winter Soldier, if doom patrol and titans come out this year those kind of shows shows that fall into our uh wheelhouse and then of course we'll be reviewing 
the movies that fall into our wheelhouse otherwise black widow shang chi um the snyder cuts and uh okay and onward so you know it'll be half and half episodes and that's those are our changes going forward you gotta let us know if you want us to release them though in full episodes both topics or if you want derek to do double the work and release them separately and you know i'm always a fan of derek doing more work so that's the way everybody should go i mean it's more work it's unfair to say that it's twice the work but it is more work it's at least time and a half So to kick things off, let's start with your favorite TV show and favorite movie of 2020. All right. Well, favorite TV show feels like it would be really easy. I think most people probably have the same answer. So I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball and okay. say, shockingly, that it was Star Trek Lower Decks. Okay. So that is the new cartoon animated Star Trek that came from Mike McMahon, who is from, you know, the creator of Rick and Morty. And it's a comedy. It's a Star Trek comedy that takes place shortly after the 10th film, Star Trek Nemesis. And it was hilarious. It was really good. It was true to the franchise. It was heartfelt and witty and just fun. It was fun. It was really, really fun. And it was only 10 episodes, so it's short. You can burn through the whole thing in like four and a half hours. But I loved every minute of it, and I can't wait for season two. Nice. Okay. Um, and your favorite movie? That That's a harder one. I think what I'm going to go with is just totally on a personal level. What I enjoy the most, this is not an objective like quality thing, and it's Bill and Ted Face the Music. It was just really joyful and fun and made me just feel good watching it. It felt like a solid sequel after such a long break we've had a lot of those long break sequels like independence day and and jurassic world and some did better than others and i thought this one did a really good job with it and kept the spirit of the original too while losing some of the uh stuff that's really not good and embracing the positive aspects of it and i just uh i want to watch it more all right ryan you're up favorite tv show yeah, if you listen to this podcast, then you know what I'm, you might have an idea what I'm going to say. Um, again, I'm not going to go with the show I'm sure Derek is referencing, but uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which ended its seven-season run um, this, well, in 2020, last year. Um, it was a heartfelt and satisfying ending to a show that probably shouldn't have worked as well as it did. Um you know, the MCU is a big place and there's room for a lot of things in it. But uh, the when the way they had to completely change the show in the middle of the first season um, was a big obstacle to overcome. And this show was, I mean, Disney approved season six and seven at the same time uh, with confidence in the showrunners of how good they have been doing. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, season seven of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was my favorite show of the year. Um it's sad that it's over now, but, you know, it is what it is. And I enjoyed it while it was running. Do you see a places in the next couple of phases for certain characters like Quake and Coulson to move on? 
I mean, anybody that watched the show loves Coulson. I mean, that's why we tuned in in the beginning. Uh, and so, yeah, I'd love to see him back. I'm not sure how well it would work just because he's supposed to be dead to the Avengers and, I, and there's been nothing saying that they know he's alive. So that would be tough. But, uh, you know, I'd love to see him on some of the smaller TV projects to maybe people that aren't the Avengers, you know, Moon Knight or She-Hulk or some of those things. Um and Quake, I think definitely she can hold her own. She's grown as an actress in season one by a lot. And I think a lot of people are more invested um, in the character now than they were. And even like there's a lot of other Inhumans that are in the show that could, I don't know, they could carry their own show by themselves, but they could definitely do um, something in the MCU, I feel like. Cool. Yeah. All right. And favorite movie? It's a tough one for me. I feel like I, I, I'm assuming you mean favorite new movie for in the year. Yeah, favorite yeah. movie that released in 2020. It's tough because you know I feel like I didn't watch like, but maybe four movies or something in 2020 <laughs> that actually released. It's it's insane, um, but probably from the small selection that I have, uh, Birds of Prey would probably yeah. be my favorite. I really enjoyed the action scenes in that movie. Um, you know, it had its share of problems, but I think overall it was the more enjoying enjoyable of the two DC films, um, which are really the only superhero fair that we got in mm -hmm. 2020. Um, true. And, you know, the John Wick style of like fight choreography really translated well to the more grounded and like uh, street level characters that are, that are part of birds of prey. So uh, on that level, it very much worked for me and I enjoyed it. So that's probably my favorite movie of 2020. Nice. Okay. So what about you, Rachel, Oh, yeah, me. Um, so uh, I'm just going to say uh, Mandalorian was absolutely wonderful. It was a nice breath of fresh air to have good quality Star Wars content weekly. Something we haven't had in a while. <laughs> Not weekly, but or at all, really. At all, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't seem to be divisive, which is nice among the community. Majority of people that like Star Wars like it. Majority of people that have tuned in really like it and nobody seems to really hate it. You know, you may think that Grogu baby Yoda is completely overhyped and that's totally fine. He's everywhere. So I get it, but I haven't seen anybody say they hate it. Uh, the show that I enjoyed the most this year though, was Shit's Creek. I, uh, benched it during my maternity leave and I thought the final season which did come out this year was incredibly well written and very emotional so I, I've watched through all six seasons twice now they're very short and I just fell in love with the characters it did take me a little bit to get into it but after that you know, first few episodes, I I was hooked. And yeah, I tried watching it once. I just couldn't get into it, so maybe I just didn't give it a long enough, long enough run. It's but I've heard very so many possible. good things. Yeah, it, it, they completely swept the Emmys this year. All four actors got an Emmy, which never wow. happens. Writing, directing, like it all, it won like everything. So. It's, this final season was just really special. Um, okay, so we wait, wait, didn't. Wait. Did you say? Oh, your, did you say your movie? I didn't. No, I totally forgot. So my favorite movie was Palm Springs. I <laughs> I really also enjoyed both Birds of Prey and um, 
Bill and Ted. So, uh, shout out to Palm Springs. It's incredibly smart and a lot of fun. And especially I... for it was produced for Hulu, right? So, mm-hmm. like for an original uh, title on a streaming service, it was impressive. Yeah. Now, Hulu hasn't had a great track record with movies. They've been really up there with TV shows. I know, you know, The Handmaid's Tale has brought them a ton of awards, but uh, not so much movies. And I feel like this one wasn't hyped as much as it should have been. It it came out in the summer, not much released in the summer, and people kind of ignored it, which is a bummer because it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you. I think people spent too much time being disappointed about all the movies that were being delayed, and they missed something that was just actually available to them. Okay. So that brings me to my next question. What were you most disappointed in missing out on this year? Something that got pushed or canceled altogether? Boy, that's, that is a tough one. There was a lot that was supposed to be coming out this year. And well, what it's an easy one on? for me. Go uh, for it. Ghostbusters Afterlife, obviously. Like, you know, I'm a Ghostbusters fan. Obviously, no. I've, never made, I've never made that a real big point on the podcast. No. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, it was supposed to come out I think in June last year or July, and that, yeah. and then it got pushed to like October, and then it got pushed again. Um, and Sony came out and said, we're not releasing any movies until theaters are back open. So it's unknown when it's going to come out. If it'll even come out on this new release date. It does have um, a new date now. They've pushed I, I knew it. it had a new date, but like it's had a new date twice before. And yeah. we don't know if theaters <laughs> will be open at that point. So, and with Sony's comment, it's hard to say whether it'll actually come out then. Yeah. That's you know? they, they, it's but, pushed to mid June now. So, I mean, at least that's a little more realistic. It is, yeah. That's a, that's that's not super ambitious. I mean, it's it's somewhat likely that things could be getting closer to back to normal then. So, but yeah, that's the biggest one for me. You know, this looks like a movie I've been waiting for a long time for since 1989, yeah. and uh, you know, you mean not 2016? Uh, you know, that movie I thought was a movie that I was looking forward to since since 1989 turned out to not be what I was hoping for. So. I, it was for some people, and I'm really happy for them. But for me, it was not. And uh, yeah, so I'm hoping this movie is better. I hope not to be disappointed again. But I've already been disappointed twice that it didn't release. So yeah, you know, we'll see. What about you, Ray? What about what about yours? While I I you know think it's on it. really difficult for me to choose between the two Marvel films that were supposed to release this year. On the one hand, Black Widow has been deserving of a film since at least Phase 2. You know, a Black Widow film probably should have come out in 2015 or 2016 instead of, like, Ant-Man right then and there. But uh, Eternals was poised to be something completely new and different. They had a very diverse cast and uh, such a fun kind of premise behind it that... I was super disappointed it didn't come out this year. I am glad that everybody like is safe and they pushed off things. And um, I'm just very interested in knowing what Disney's plan is, especially since the HBO Warner Brothers uh, decision. 
you know, we haven't heard anything from Disney about Black Widow being released. Uh, they were probably waiting. I think we all were kind of under the assumption they were waiting to see what HBO, you know, what their results were with Wonder Woman. And we, I don't think we've got any official results other than all these records are broken, but, you know. Well, we'll the all, unfortunately, streaming data is incredibly... Hang on one sec. We, we lost our stream. Oh. Just, just a moment. It's getting reconnected. Okay, we are back live. If you could just start back over, Ray. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Uh, unfortunately, streaming data is really difficult for companies to track, uh, or they lie to us or something about that. But uh, we just know that on Christmas Day, the HBO Max app had a ton of difficulty and crashed a bunch of times because it was being flooded with people. So that's a good sign for them. Yeah, I don't think any of us had an issue with it, but no. Um, yeah, supposedly that's what happened. So for me, I guess my, my answer is probably e either either Black Widow or, or No Time to Die, uh, which is the James Bond movie. Both of those I was really looking forward to as this big, you know, blockbuster action flicks. I'm fans of both franchises, obviously. This was kind of a weird year because I w there wasn't a ton that I was super excited looking forward to. Um, a lot of stuff was like for this year that will probably now be pushed because filming was was delayed. Um, so probably one of those, you know. That's fair. All right, so a lot of let's move on to TV for just a bit. A lot of TV shows were canceled this year, and there's TV shows that are canceled every year. Uh, however, a lot got dropped because of COVID. So, do either of you have some TV shows or something that you're a little disappointed in that they're not going forward, or anything that got maybe delayed? Well, a lot of Star Trek stuff was definitely delayed. Nothing was canceled, mm -hmm. but production on uh, Picard Season 2 was delayed. It's supposed to now start February 1st, um, whereas, you know, the goal was to have it coming out relatively soon because of the scale of the show, and obviously that, that, that can't happen now. And, you know, given... Right, their plan was supposed to debut Season 2 shortly after Discovery Season 3 ended, correct? I mean, that was the original goal. Shortly after. Yeah. Uh, to definitely have it kind of a, about a year after the first season. And because mm -hmm. the, it's, a, it's a smaller scale show, it's more reasonable to produce it in that timeline. So that's really disappointing because now we're not going to see it until maybe the end of the year if we're really lucky. And, right. you know, when, when your lead is is Sir Patrick Stewart, you know, he's, he's getting up there in, in age. And there's always concerns when a project gets delayed that it may not get to happen. And so... You know, the the sooner those things can get underway, the the better, but safely, of course. So I would definitely say that having that delayed was disappointing. Uh, I know one of the TV shows that really got hit was Glow, and Ryan, you're a big fan of that show. So I am. It's like... probably not my biggest disappointment in shows that have been canceled, but it is definitely a big disappointment. That I mean, yeah. that show, if you don't know, is all about women wrestlers. Uh, it's not like a like a truthful show it's it's obviously embellished for entertainment based on reality but um 
it you know when you have a tv show that's all about people like being in other people's faces and you know physically interacting with each other that's kind of hard to do in an era of covid and mm-hmm. you know they could have done like other shows and just delayed it but instead they completely canceled it because netflix sucks in general and is does that with all the shows we like so yeah i mean that was disappointing but my biggest disappointment was probably uh brooklyn 99 and it was not as much related to covid as it was uh the blm protests and like the the cop well not the protest specifically but the the black lives matter movement and the you know violent senseless violence on um uh, against black people and and you know there's other races i'm sure involved in that too but black lives matter was the big one um and that you know they wanted to make it more true and not ignore what was happening in the actual world for that show um because it's a show based around police and police were obviously a big part of the problem with those protests and with the things that they did that were really horrible and so um you know Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I think it's for all three of us, it's a huge show that we love very, very much. It's very close to our hearts. And so we want them to be truthful because they have handled serious topics before um, with class and still been able to maintain the feel of the show. Um, but I'm, I don't know if it's been delayed or completely canceled. I believe it's just been delayed until they could come up with a script that would honor the thing that the subject that they were trying to cover. But yeah, it has not been canceled. They basically threw out all of the scripts for the season and started over. And we don't know what that means necessarily, but it is not canceled. And I think that's why for me it, was, it wasn't my number one disappointment, because I know that it's for a good reason, that they're trying really hard to do the right thing socially. And I can appreciate that. Um, so you know, hopefully they come up with some good ideas and we get to see them back you know, back in true form, because, I mean, it's a wonderful show. I miss Terry and wow. his yogurt. Terry's wonderful. Both Terry's, the, the fake one and the real one. Right. <laughs> what about you, Rachel? DuckTales. Oh, my God. So, uh, we've been watching it, and it's incredibly enjoyable. You know, growing up, they were just very episodic cartoons, and now they have overarching stories and they hit very clever punchlines and plots that just, it wasn't something done in the 90s. So watching it now is a huge breath of fresh air. You know, you expect this kind of tell uh, storytelling out of dramas. And then when you get it out of a children's cartoon, I feel like it makes everything 10 times better. It's, it's a brilliant piece of art. Uh, so now that like they've introduced Powerline from Goof Troop and uh, Darkwing Duck, I am a little upset that they're going to cancel it. <laughs> like, uh, I know they're having a Darkwing Duck spinoff, and now they just announced the Chippendale Rescue Rangers, which is also connected. But you're also telling me that. Ben Schwartz and Danny Pudi and Bobby Moynihan aren't going to be in my life anymore as three little ducks. And that makes me sad because they did such a great job. Yeah. DuckTales is probably the best cartoon on TV right now, which is a crazy sentence. (laughs) Right? Like, did you ever think? Because it was my least favorite one as a kid out of all the Disney cartoons that were out. 
the ones that I just mentioned, and more so like gargoyles, like it, it, it was not good. <laughs> yeah, but it's brilliant now, and the animation style is wonderful. It's really mm-hmm. good, and the stories are complex. Yeah, I mean, it's a real shame. My hope is that they know what they're doing, and they're just they're trying to build a, a larger universe with the resources that they have, and we'll see Ducktales characters cross over on these shows on a regular basis. That's my hope. That would be nice. Especially with the way Darkwing Duck in this universe was created. You know, so good. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. The origin for Darkwing Duck on this show is amazing. And I love it. And it, it does lead good credence to having DuckTales characters on Darkwing Duck every week. So, that's my hope. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. So, um, just looking at some stuff here, some my notes. The streaming obviously was huge this year, and uh, unfortunately, the most streamed movies, all of them except for two, came out in 2019. People really used this year to catch up on stuff that they missed last year. Oh, excuse me, uh, three. Three of them were from this year. So you got uh, Joker, Birds of Prey, Jumanji, The Next Level, uh, Bad Boys for Life, Knives Out, Terminator Dark Fate, Invisible Man, Ford v. Ferrari, Doolittle, and Just Mercy. Now, I know for a fact that together we all saw Joker, Birds of Prey, and uh, Terminator Dark Fate. Did either of you see any of those other movies, either streaming this year or uh, in theaters last I, year? I saw Bad Boys for Life when it was in theaters this year, or in 2020. You did. Yeah. Didn't you go with our friend, Winsky? I did, yeah, and it was wonderful. It was. I think it was the best of the trilogy. It was actually really quite good. Um, I so I do. I'm gonna say a sentence I never thought I'd say. Bad Boys for Life was the highest-grossing box office film of 2020. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. If you had asked me what I thought the movie was going to be in January of 2020, I would not have said Bad Boys for Life. And it was really good too. Like it's actually a really well done movie especially when you compare it to the other two in the trilogy. But like based on those numbers, though, I wonder if there's still a stigma around a movie being released direct to streaming, because most of those, even the ones from this year or from 2020 that people streamed were still pretty new, right? Like Birds of Prey and Bad Boys for Life. They were 2020 films. And so maybe the idea of Palm Springs, right, or Enola Holmes or you know Bill and Ted going straight to to video so to speak makes people think they're not very good so they just skip them versus well I'll stream it because you know Jumanji the next level was in theaters right it made a billion dollars so I'll stream that cuz it was obviously worth watching yeah possible that's an interesting thought i hadn't thought about that i have no data well, to back that up it's just a thought when you remove the 2020 or the 2019 films from that then you add in the hamilton release as well as a movie that came out of 
fucking nowhere the borat sequel which has high ratings high stream counts and uh is showing up on many people's like favorite of 2020 list so i did actually watch that movie Uh, you know borat really isn't my personal sense of humor Right. Um, Mine either. I really didn't appreciate, um, you know, kind of involving some Jewish people. And, you know, I I, I watched it because of the Rudy Giuliani controversy because it came out like right when that came out. Right. And that's the main reason why I watched it. And to be fair, I had never watched the original. So I thought maybe I'd find some humor in it. And there were parts that were funny. But overall, it was not really my sense of uh, humor. But I can see how certain groups of people would like it and, and I wouldn't fault anybody for liking it. It just, for me, was not, I mean, I don't re- almost rather watch any other movie on that list again that I've seen <laughs> watch it again. I would, I, I did not, was not a big fan. Now what's interesting is for those two Hamilton and Borat too, that kind of helps support what I was saying because Hamilton is not a normal movie, right? It's, it's a not. Broadway musical that they shot in such a way that we could view it. So that was a very unique experience for people. And it wasn't supposed to release until 2022. So but it was... they released it early because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. They were just trying to get content out there. And it's a one-of-a-kind thing. Like, we've never had an opportunity to see a real Broadway show shot in a cinematic way at home. That's never been an option before. And then you have Borat, which is like a stealth release. So it was like a viral stealth campaign. Like, um, you know, that, that Cloverfield sequel they did in space that that like released paradox, right after, yeah. thank you paradox that released like right after the super bowl and they announced it like a half an hour before like those things get attention because they're they're unique right it was almost like that's the whole point and it it's interesting that instead of those it wasn't you know the enola homes and the palm springs movies which are normal movies that just happened to release on streaming mm-hmm. and they probably would have gotten theatrical releases I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, because Palm Springs, I think, like what Ryan said, was designed for Hulu. Yeah. You know, and I don't know that it ever intended to have a theater release, except for, I mean, maybe they were going to do something super limited, so it'd be eligible for certain Mm -hmm. awards. But other than that, I don't think that was ever the plan. That's a good point. That's fair. Um, All right. So... Let's talk about some of the best of 2020. Um, Was there any? (laughs) Well, the DC fandom occurred, and it was pretty much the best example of a virtual Comic-Con that we've seen. Um, This year, we saw a lot of comic conventions cancel or try to do an all-virtual thing, and it just... It was very exclusive, exclusionary. It wasn't great. So, um, what were some of your favorite things about DC fandom? Well, the Batman trailer, obviously. (laughs) Amazing. You know, nobody, you know, people have been saying a lot of things about Robert Pattinson as Batman and then like photos and stuff. You know, those came out and, you know, they're not obviously stunt photos are not a great representation of a final product and so people were talking trash on the suit and everything else but then the trailer comes out and like 80 percent of those people were shut up and were like this looks awesome and now i want to do this costume or i'm totally on board with this costume 
um, you know, that that for me was the major highlight. I really, really like that trailer. Yeah, Derek. So for me, I think it was just the visuals of how fandom was displayed to people because this was really a state of the art triple a virtual convention that we have never seen before mm-hmm. and it was glorious the the green screen work was you know maybe a little cheesy at times and a little hokey but it was great use of the space and it was an amazing way to allow people to socially distance and still present together and do something that none of us would have ever, ever been able to see almost all of this stuff like the Batman trailer, would have premiered in Hall H, right, at San Diego Comic-Con, and none of us would have been there to see it, except for a small group of people. And this way, everybody had that opportunity. And there were some great interviews. That, like, the Suicide Squad panel was super fun. They had, like, most of the cast, you know, showed up, and it was just a really creative way to use that time. And it was just, it felt more personal. You the know? Shazam 2 panel was good, too. Oh, wonderful, mm-hmm. yeah. The Shazam 2 panel was fantastic. It just felt more real, right? Just... Well, the fact that they brought Sinbad on. <laughs> so much fun playing with everybody's, like, fake uh, Mandela effect kind of thing. I love it. It's so great. And if he actually is in the movie, I'm just going to, like, scream. It's going to be your instant favorite of the DCEU. It'll... That's just so fun. Like, who does that? Who does that? I don't know, but whoever chose that was somebody that should get a raise and probably be in charge of the DCEU from now on. But yeah. They, but, they, like, that whole panel had that, that whole shtick to it, right? Like, you know, they had Shazoom, you know, right. as as their streaming thing, and just the the tone was wonderful. And I felt like the tone for the whole fandom was really positive. It was like they knew what it was, they knew what they were doing, and they were just trying to have fun with it. And for such a large company, especially... DC having been so serious in the films, it was a nice kind of refreshing taste for me. I loved it. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. What about you, Rachel? What was your favorite part? Uh, definitely the Suicide Squad. Uh, so getting to see everybody's characters and playing the Deadpool with you guys on the episode afterwards, it was just a blast. Uh, I loved some of the more retrospective panels that they had. I thought that was a great idea because that reminded me of a comic convention. You you get the news, but you also have like the small group of, you know, Doctor Who fans discussing the, you know, LGBT themes behind certain episodes and things like that. Very niche stuff that brings people together and lets you meet new friends kind of thing. So, you know, the the black women panel was very interesting and seeing just people from Titans talk to people from the CW and uh, the films, just all that connection was great. The Michael Keaton confirmation was good, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The fact that he was coming back, that was a pretty big deal. That was cool. Yeah, it was. I wish he had been on the panel. That would have been sweet. <laughs> yeah. Been like, cool. even if he just came in and said, I'm Batman, you know, <laughs> it would have been, that would have shut the internet down. Agreed. 
but like, even some of the fan focus stuff was really neat. They did lots of fan art. They had Jim Lee like talk over fan art and provide feedback to people. And I mean, Jim Lee, if you don't know him, I mean, he's, he's one of the greatest comic book artists of, of all time. And definitely one of my favorites, if not my favorite, and just having him like constructively speak with other fans who are trying to learn how to do that type of comic art. It was just super fun to watch and kind of see him in his element. And that wasn't like, super curated i really enjoyed it was there a movie that came out this year that you all enjoyed that we haven't discussed it's like old guard or fantasy island or you know the witches or you know anything anything that we haven't talked about so far that you ended up liking or you sat down and saw and watched not that came out in 2020 there was i had some time where i watched older movies that i hadn't seen i why there was a 2019 movie that i watched that uh i caught up on and liked um but you know a lot of my movie enjoyment for the year came from things that we watched for the podcast so Okay, so um, what was your favorite oh, episode we did this year? Uh, you know, I really liked the, the Nick Cage talks, but we didn't have you there for all of them, Rachel, so that kind of hindered that. Um, okay. So probably, like, I don't know, man. Demolition Man was a good one. Yeah. Uh, it was know. a we, lot of fun. We just did a lot of really good, like, having movie theaters shut down and, like, movies not coming out what made, made us have to get creative and that was really fun just watching some movies that we all you know had feelings about for you know different points of our lives and talking about old favorites with you guys but it probably i feel like demolition man is the one that really stood out to me that was a really good discussion and then rachel being kind of converted to a fan of the movie having never seen it and thinking that she wasn't going to like it um but then really like understanding the appeal i think that was a pretty fun part for me yeah, uh, Demolition Man was a very surprising episode that we did because I had never seen the film and I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, I think if I were to go with my favorite episode, though, I'm really happy that we finally reviewed Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, we've talked about it a lot on the podcast, but never just sat down and reviewed it. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and I think that was good. It was mostly just all of us showering it with compliments. So probably not the most entertaining episode, but hey, you know what? Right. We had fun. So yeah, no, I'm with both of you uh, on those for sure. If I uh, for a movie we haven't talked about, I'm just going to throw a shout out to Sonic because it was really joyful and it really was like it was exactly what it was supposed to be. It is a fun, cute, kid friendly true to form video game adaptation movie i really thought they did a wonderful job with it and it's weird that like the best two video game adaptation movies i can think of off the top of my head are now sonic and detective pikachu like those are the best two uh maybe that says more about the rest of the genre than it does about those two films but uh demolition man was wonderful for all the reasons you guys said i would like to throw out the evil dead trilogy just because I've wanted to talk about those movies for a really long time with you guys. And, you know, having an excuse to watch all three of them is always good. So that was fun. I guess I did watch Onward this year. and We never really talked about that. that was 2020, right? It was. We never really talked about that one. So that, I mean, I did enjoy that movie. though not the best movie of all time or anything, but uh, that's probably the only movie that I watched that came out in 2020 that we didn't talk about. So 
I guess that's my default pick. Uh, I tried my best to watch a lot of the new stuff this year that I saw. Um, I There's a lot more out there that I didn't see, but I thought The Invisible Man was very impressive. I enjoyed the slow burn of it and its roots in science. That was great. Uh, Emma, once I finally got through the first like half hour, it was pretty enjoyable <laughs> uh, on the other hand I watched you know Artemis Fowl and that was that was upsetting um, they really hinged everything on they were definitely getting a sequel and they are definitely not and <laughs> even the uh, wonder uh, of Josh Gad and Judy Dench could not pull this through it's not gonna happen it's just it's just very lackluster and they probably should have finished their story instead of leaving most of it open-ended yeah i do want to give shout outs to project power which we did review on the show Mm -hmm. and that was a netflix release i thought that was actually really quite good um and then i also want to give a shout out to black box which is more of like a horror film really um psychological thriller kind of thing and uh you should go watch that. It's on that's on Amazon, and you can watch that one. And go watch my buddy Tosin in a movie because it's super cool. Uh, let's see here. Just pulling up my notes. Okay, so unfortunately, with a pandemic, we lost a lot of people this year. We we lose a lot of people every year, but sometimes. You know, a plague just comes out and wipes out more than what you expected. Um, I think I speak for all of us when I say that Chadwick Boseman was probably the death that was both the most surprising and uh, the one that hit us the hardest. Uh, Am I right there? I mean, I think that's that's fair. A lot of it was just because of how shocking it was. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I I had seen a photo of him posted online where he looked rather thin and a little emaciated. And I just because he's an actor, I assumed it was for a role. You know, you've seen like Christian Bale do that type of thing before. And I just assumed that's what it was. And I didn't think anything of it. And then, you know, like two months later, I, you know, I found out he, he died. And so, like, that was really shockingly sad because of his age. I mean, he was so young and he he was in such a significant role. And so that was, that definitely hit hard just because of how unexpected it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It reminds me of when David Bowie passed because, you know, a lot of people or like the majority of the population had no idea he was even sick really. And then one day he passed away and released an album. Um, So, you know that, yeah. When anytime, anytime a celebrity that we all like, passes away is sad but it's even worse when you didn't even know they were sick you couldn't root for them to get better or like you know put your positive vibes out into the atmosphere for them but uh, Mm -hmm. he chose to take care of that privately and you know we have to respect that but yeah it was uh the fact that he played black panther while he had this going on is crazy i mean yeah that was a pretty big loss yeah wasn't he diagnosed like shortly after he was 
cast by Marvel, yeah. like before yeah. he even appeared in anything. Just basically his yeah. entire time, you know, uh, as Black Panther, he was struggling with this, which I mean is incredibly impressive that he was able to pull all of that off. Um, yeah, so that that was really sad. There were some others that were sad too, but they're just not like as shocking. And I I don't mean for that no, to sound I mean, bad, but. Well, I, the others on my list, David Prowse, Alex Trebek, Sean Connery, Ian Holm, Fred Willard, they were all uh, considered, you know, in their senior years, golden years, whatever you want to call it. And um, so when they went, we it, it was more of a tribute to what they have done and like it, less of a oh shit how do we move on kind of thing and I mean that more emotionally because that's not fair to just say well what's going to happen with Black Panther you know I don't I didn't. I said it then and I'll say it now I don't really think that's a great attitude and it's not our business it's Marvel's business it's Disney's business not us yeah no, that, that's fair that's fair and, and there's a few other uh, you know big names that that were kind of, you know, uh, uh, Joel Schumer and um, Kirk Douglas. They they also passed away this year. Um, yeah. Uh, James Lipton, which was another one that was, you know. But, yeah, they were they're all older guys. You know, Lipton was in his 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, still sad, but not, like, quite the same shock. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, happier news. So, the uh, streaming services obviously did really well this year. They We saw the debut of Apple TV, of um, HBO Max, of Peacock, and uh, things like Netflix and Hulu, of course, went really strong. So, any new shows or... Uh, new seasons of shows that you just really enjoyed. I think Amazon had a really strong year with the boys season two and Netflix with umbrella Academy season two. Umbrella Academy season two was good. Um, we watched truth seekers recently, which was the Simon oh. Pegg, Nick Frost show mm-hmm. on Amazon prime. That was enjoyable. It was not what I expected. Uh, but uh, yeah, we enjoyed it. Um, I think the biggest, that. yeah, it's pretty easy to knock out it. I think their episodes are only like 30 minutes. There's not a ton of them. So the biggest news in terms of shows and movement and streaming for me was Cobra Kai moving to Netflix, um, from the YouTube streaming platform. Um, and that recently paid off because they released, uh, they moved their release date up for season three to January 1st of 2021. So this is not 2020, but the, the news of that move. Um, was a pretty big deal, especially for somebody like me. And there's a lot of other people that were really big fans of it on on YouTube, and people just didn't have access to that platform to watch it, no matter how many times I recommended it. So when it moved to Netflix, it kind of gained a new following and kind of blew up. Um, you know, so that was huge for mm-hmm. for previous fans of the franchise. So yeah, for me that was like a really big deal, and I was excited. I mentioned Star Trek Lower Decks already, but that's just kind of a piece of it. CBS All Access has had a pretty big year for Star Trek. Three different shows had seasons of Star Trek on 
CBS All Access this year with the beginnings of Star Trek Picard, Lower Decks, and then Discovery Season 3. And the latter two bumped up against each other. So we, we had 23 straight weeks of Star Trek, which hasn't happened since, you know, I mean, straight weeks. I don't know that that's ever happened, actually, without some type of break. And so that was huge. I mean, 2020 was the biggest year for Star Trek television since the latter half of the 90s. Uh, you know, like it or don't like it, you know, we still had three different shows with brand new content, which is huge. So that mm-hmm. was pretty cool to know that I, I had all of that. We've got one episode left of season three of Discovery, and then we'll have a bit of a break again, kind of because of COVID. But, you know, it it kind of showed a bright future for Star Trek. And that was that was nice. So it's funny you guys say that I've been looking at a lot of, you know, best and worst of 2020 just to kind of prepare for this and truth seekers and uh, I lower decks have been put on multiple worst of 2020 lists. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Right. Like I, I mean, like, I mean, I don't want anybody to think Truth Seekers was like an amazing show or anything, but it, Nick Frost, it, it, you know, he's great, and the writing of the show was not great all the time, but it was overall an enjoyable show with a different tone than what you get on a lot of other shows. So, you know, I liked that. Um, you know, maybe not for everybody, but yeah, and everything I've heard about Lower Decks has been wonderful. So it's a weird thing, but yeah, I mean, for Lower Decks to be on your list of worst forget mediocre right you're saying like worst shows of 2020 you have to just really dislike star trek right or you just really hate rick and morty and you're just like this is the same thing except with star trek so i mean but it's it's not but it's not so like that means you didn't even watch it right right like that's the key and so like I know that there's a real hatred of the quote new Trek out there from certain people. And maybe that's where those lists come from or just people who haven't actually seen the show. But if you like Rick and Morty, if you like Star Trek, if you like sci-fi and you like Futurama, put, put in the four and a half hours and watch the damn show. (laughs) See for yourself. Um, a couple of TV shows were like huge viral hits and really spawned, uh, you know, trends throughout the entire year. Did either of you watch Tiger King? No, not even a little. I was not interested. No. Yeah, me either. I did. But yeah, like it was it. super like meme popular and like, you know, I don't know. Cameo I- had like all the people from Tiger King that were dead on it and. You know, they were very popular. I don't know. I don't have any interest in it. No, No, me either. It was absolutely huge, though. And things like uh, the main guy, Joe Exotic, I think his name is. I don't even know. Asking Donald Trump for a pardon. And the woman who everybody's convinced killed her husband was on Dancing with the Stars. And they even mocked it and wore, like, cheetah print every episode. But, yeah, like, animal print clothing has gone through the roof, too. So It's it not absolutely... for me. No, me either. <laughs> um, how about The Queen's Gambit? That, that show was <laughs> probably less divisive and better quality than I've Tiger King. I've only seen things of, I, I assume it released recently because I've only been seeing things about the Queen's Gambit for maybe like the last month, but it came uh, out September? in uh, the end of really? September. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I've heard 
everything I've heard has been good about it. I, I'm just, I don't know. It hasn't, I haven't even watched a trailer or all I know about it is that about, it's about chess, which yeah, doesn't really excite me. So see, and I, I love chess. So I was very interested at first until I found out it's not based on a true story. And I thought it was, and I just don't know that I'm interested in a chess story. That's completely fictional. <laughs> so it, you prefer your chess stories to be based on true stories. Well, it's just because so it's about weird because it's, Everything about it says that this was based on a true story. That's what it looked it, like, like. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, obviously it was more of like, you know, the Hollywood version of it, right? It was more um, a la- uh, um, exaggerated to, to create drama. But I thought she was a real person and this was, you know, based on her real story. And when I found out that wasn't the case, I, I, I wasn't that interested because chess for me is about that history. Like, I want to see stuff about, you know, the, the first, you know, people... You know, to to play deep blue and you know those types of things like that's the stuff that really interests me and I don't know fictional chess champion just seems kind of anybody can like you you can write a winner I want to I want to see the real winners right I want to hear about the like the real prodigies the people who are truly the masters at the game fair enough. I, I totally get it. It's really weird. I've never seen a show where I was like, are you sure this is based solely on fiction and not? But yeah, it, it was weird. Well, because like, look at the TV that I, I don't really watch, like realistic dramas. I watch sci-fi and I watch fantasy and I watch sitcoms like, you know, I watch The Mandalorian because you know what? We don't have actual Mandalorians in the real world that they could make a How show about. <laughs> so, dare you? You know, there are no actual Jedi. So I have to watch no, fake we know ones, of. You know, <laughs> Star Trek isn't real. There is no warp drive yet. So I have to watch the fake stuff. So uh, season two of What We Do in the Shadows, I think, finally like blew up the show. It's... I completely forgot that that was 2020. Yeah, it's it came out earlier in it was, the year. It was the first year of 2020. Yes. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> and, I love what we do in the shadows. So yeah, right. It was right up my alley. I was just gonna ask you, like, now that it's getting the recognition that it deserves, uh, do you think that's going to change the show? I don't think it's gonna change it. No, I mean, the people that you have in charge of it, uh, Taika Waititi and uh, Jermaine Clement, that. They're come on. They're, those guys aren't going to let them do anything less than uh, the, what they what they've already been doing, which is great. Uh, they kind of on purpose wrote themselves. I, I watched an interview with them, and they kind of wrote themselves into a corner on purpose for the way they ended this season. So uh, because they found that when they get into a situation like that, that's when they write the best stuff. Um, <laughs> trying to figure out how to, and as a DM, I can understand that to an extent that like when you do something so ridiculous, you don't know that there's a way out of it. Coming up with a way out of it is a super awesome exercise. Um, and so I think that it's going to be really great if they can pull something something off with it. But yeah, what we do in the shadows, if you haven't watched it, is wonderful. It's on Hulu because uh, they now have FX shows and that's where it airs. And it's just a wonderful comedy that there's not really anything like on TV right now. So vampire based. So if you like that kind of stuff, you don't have to like vampires to like it, but it helps. So, yeah, I love it. And if you like, you know, mockumentaries, you'll like this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if, you're, if the office is in your, is in your wheelhouse and, like, uh, Parks and Rec and some of these, like, 
weird fake documentary shows where the, with talking heads and the cameras and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's great. This is it is absolutely wonderful. I'm surprised you guys haven't watched it yet. I'm really looking forward to the moment right. when you do. Just haven't gotten around to it. I'm not against it. Okay, so thing is here, I have totally forgotten to space out and take ad breaks <laughs> at any point. I'm really hoping Derek can find some logical spots, but we are almost completely finished. So it feels weird to do that too. Um, I'm going to throw it to Derek and whatever you think is best at this point. Just so you know, people in the chat are telling you guys to watch what we do in the shadows. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> You're getting peer pressured, so did, deal with it. Did you pay them to do that? Um, not in this case, no. Oh, okay. I haven't paid them yet, no. All right. Well, we are going to take a short break, and when we come back, what are we going to talk about? Are we going to talk about a bit about 2021 or are we wrapping things up? What are we doing? Yeah, we'll do a bit of both. Okay. We'll be right back, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free and anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, we are back, Ray. What are we doing? Okay, so talking a bit about things that uh, you may not remember actually happened. So uh, earlier this year, um, Australia was on fire for like <laughs> most of January, uh, a lot of February too. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow had her own goop TV show on Netflix. Did you guys remember that this was that year? I don't even know uh, if I ever knew that. I just remember yeah. a bunch of jokes about her like having uh, some sort of sexual ball in her vaginas that she uses to strengthen her vagina muscles. I don't know. That's mm -hmm. something I heard. I don't know. Goop sells some weird that stuff, is. man. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh... Everybody uh, did cake-alikes this year. I don't, that know, I don't know what that means. That must be something in Rachel's uh, cake field <laughs> that I don't follow. No, no, no. Do you guys remember seeing videos of cakes that looked like other things, uh, like a soup can? And right. for a while, everybody was like, this is all cake. And, right. um, I vaguely remember that, yeah. Chris Evans doxed his own penis. I do remember that. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there were a lot of people on my feed who were very happy about that. 
Did either of you see it? Yes. Oh. Look, I love Chris Evans. I've never made it a secret. So and Uh, and professional curiosity, right? Like I didn't talk about it on our show. Here's the thing: I didn't purposely avoid it, but I also didn't seek it out. I seeked it out, sucked it out. Wait, that's that's how we. I don't know what the what the present tense version of that is. Yeah. Uh, oh, these boy. are the jokes. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> Did you guys remember that, that Trump was impeached back in February? That was that far. was not like three years ago. That was that was February. Uh, it's just the weirdest year. Uh, we had murder hornets for five minutes. Mm-hmm. They're still around. Mm-hmm. Still... Yeah, but we don't care anymore. Well, people sure. have a short attention span, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, what what are yeah. you what are we doing? <laughs> I'm just having fun with 2020 stuff. I thought it was ridiculous. Let's leave 2020 but, in the dust. Yes. Let's talk 2021. Right. Okay. So, Disney is dropping a ton of content this year. You know, uh, four new TV shows, five if you count What If, and uh, so four live action, five total with animated uh, that Chadwick Boseman has done work for. So that's going to be really cool. And four movies. Warner Brothers is dropping, what, three DC movies this year or just two? I don't. It's the Snyder Cut and Suicide Squad. Yeah, the Suicide Squad is in August. Uh, the mm-hmm. Snyder Cut. I mean, it kind of depends how you count it because right now, it's supposed to be more of a mini series for one-hour right. parts. So I don't know if that counts as a movie or not, but that's supposed to be in March. Okay. And then we may have DC DC stuff like Titans and uh, Doom Patrol. I don't think they've announced release dates yet, so. Titan Both of their productions should... got held up because of COVID, but they were able to resume pretty quickly. Well, so hang on. So Titans, yes, but Doom Patrol didn't even get renewed until after DC Fandom. So it, it doesn't have any production that started yet for another season where Titans has already been doing production on season three. So we should see Titans season three in 2021. I don't know that we'll see anything else. That goes for the Harlequin cartoon as well, because it officially hasn't been renewed yet for a third season. Right. So just just to clarify on the DC side of things. That's that's a good point. Um, So a lot of content coming out. What are you most excited about? There's a lot of movies in that theoretically are releasing this year that I'm really excited about. The f- The first one that just kind of like is happening because it's coming to a streaming service and that's Amazon is coming to America, which is the sequel to coming mm-hmm. to America without uh, being a number. So it's going to be on Amazon, correct? Yes. And it looks really great. And I love the original. It's one of my favorite comedies. It's Eddie Murphy at his peak. And I'm really excited to see this again it looks really good so that's definitely very high up on my list uh free guy is really high on my list as well that's been pushed from this past year now to uh to late may so Mm -hmm. hopefully we get to see that at some point i had thought that maybe they would release it on streaming because it's not like a big blockbuster it's not black widow 
you know, so I thought we might get that on streaming, but that hasn't happened yet. And then uh, probably next on my list there would be um, the Suicide Squad. It's just the, between the cast and and James Gunn, I'm just really excited about it. I agree. I want to say that, that, that already, even in how many days have we had in 2021 at this point? Five days? Five. Uh, you know, it's already come out strong. We got Cobra Kai season three on on the first, which, And it's you just know, killing it. It's got yeah. really high uh, streaming numbers so far. Yeah, I mean, people are loving it. I loved it. Uh, we binged it the very first day we could. Um, so that's great. And the history of swear words with Nicolas Cage came out on Netflix today. I've only mm-hmm. watched a couple episodes, but so far it's delightful. So, um, you know, very strong already. But yeah, I think uh, Snyder Cut is a big one for me. I'm not, I'm not one of those people that expects it to be like a gift from the Messiah or something. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping for something a little more put together than what we got with uh, with uh, the Justice League. Um, but <laughs> you know yeah suicide squad is high on my list too i'm excited about that but obviously ghostbusters like i already mentioned is my big one but yeah suicide squad i'm very much looking forward to i think james gunn is a perfect fit for that movie the character is the roster that the cast um you know john cena uh people like to talk crap on him as an actor and and i've partaken in that in the past but he's really come around for me and i appreciate what he does and so seeing him in a superhero movie is something that's very exciting to me and he's I, getting his own spinoff show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not this year, I don't think. But no. Know, uh, but it'll. Yeah, but yeah, it's it, that gives me a lot of confidence in the fact that he nailed the character. So, totally. um, and that they're confident in the movie. So yeah, I'm very excited for those projects. Yeah, I mean, I, I would add the Snyder cut to my list as well. I, I don't know why I didn't mention it. And I, I'm with Ryan. My expectations are that it's better than what we got. You know, so I'm, I'm not setting the bar particularly high, but I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. And I got to agree with you guys, aside from what I already said, like Black Widow and um, Eternals, like I'm I'm pretty much pumped for a lot of the TV content. I really want to get into WandaVision and I'm excited that we're going to be reviewing it episode by episode this year. Yeah, that's probably my most anticipated Marvel content, although Shang-Chi yes. comes. Is the Shang-Chi come out this year? It does. It does. Uh, July 9th. That one's I'm really up. To, I'm really excited about that one too. But yeah, WandaVision is very anticipated. I think for all three of us. So, WandaVision's yeah. my most anticipated show for 2021. That's confirmed for 2021. There's a possible Star Trek show that would take the cake of that, barely. But it's not. I don't know that it's actually going to release. So yeah. So it's definitely well, WandaVision. After seeing the Loki trailer i'm much more interested in it than i thought i was going to be yeah you know i i adore tom hiddleston and i think the loki character has really only improved over time but he's still not like my favorite part in a giant universe of 21 movies and you know over 100 characters so i wasn't convinced that this tv show was really going to be something special but that trailer was a lot of fun so even if the tv show isn't something special i think i'll still enjoy the content that's fair that's fair i mean there are a lot of movies slated for this year so just to kind of like rail off some that kind of basically two years worth of movies coming out in one year because Mm -hmm. they're moved everything over to this year i mean in a lot of ways i mean in march you've got the king's man and morbius 
in April, you've got No Time to Die, Mortal Kombat, A Quiet Place Part 2. You've got Last Night in Soho as well, which is an Edgar Wright film. That's the only reason I mention it, because I love him. In May, you've got Black Widow, Free Guy, Godzilla vs. Kong, Spiral, which is uh, Chris Rock's uh, Saw movie with Samuel L. Jackson. In June, you've got Ghostbusters. In July, you've got Shang-Chi, Space Jam, Uncharted. In August, you've got The Suicide Squad and Candyman. You've got Dune in October, The Eternals in November, and then December, you've got Spider-Man 3 and The Matrix 4. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad that the HPN is going to be covering all my tickets to these movies when, I, <laughs> when the theaters open back up, because there's no way I can afford these on my own. No. So thank, <laughs> thank you so much, HPN. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah. I think it's a movie pass card you gave me, right? So I can't wait to use that. Yeah. I've been waiting this whole time, so I can't wait to see how that works. Yeah, they're still going strong. You've got you've got a lot of use out of that Blockbuster Gold card we got you. So. Yeah, I mean, it's been awesome. In sad news, by the way, we didn't really do like a news segment, but in sad news, today it was announced that Family Video is officially going out of business, and they're like the last brick-and-mortar, large-scale rental place. And I mean, you know, it's not shocking, but it's, it's a little sad. Well, porn was really the only thing that was sustaining them, and for some reason in 2020, people figured out, you know what? We get free porn on the internet. So. Well, there you go. (laughs) Fun fact, I actually applied to work at Family Video and got an interview and then never got the job, so I I don't care that they're going under. Yeah, they deserve it. Other than the nostalgia factor, right? I mean, it's... I remember going to our local video store and uh, not family video, but, you know, picking up games to rent or movies or whatever. And so a lot of memories as a child tied up into that type of retail. So, yeah, that being the last big one going out of business, it's a little sad. Understood. Well, what else? Do we have anything else to talk about with 2021? Anything else you're looking forward to? Anything you think might not happen? Well, I mean, just looking back at 2020, there's still a ton of stuff that I missed out on. You know, I haven't watched Soul yet. I haven't gotten to see Jingle Jangle, and I wanted to. So, like, there's still a ton of stuff that I need to catch up on in the next few months. Yeah, that's fair. I wanted to see Extraction, which was the Chris Hemsworth Netflix film. Um, I did want to see... Which surprised everybody. Like, nobody expected it to be good. Yeah, and it's gonna it's getting sequels now as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I wanted to see uh, Bloodshot. I know it's probably not great, but I like Vin Diesel, and I'm I'm curious about the character, so I wanted to see that one too. So that was on my list, but yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll watch Tenant. Well, if you no, not... you have to go see that in theaters. Yeah, I was gonna say if you're not going Jeez. to see it in theaters, why don't you just go slap Chris Nolan in the face well too while you're at it? Hey, look, he's the one who wants to make video games now. Where does he think those are gonna get played? Theaters. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, they don't get released. Derek. My bad. My bad. So we got to rent out a theater to play right, exactly. Inception the game. That's how it was meant to be played. And then he'll make a movie, Inception the game, the movie. Stop it. The game within the movie? Wow. How deep does this rabbit hole go? It goes so deep. So deep. Oh, man, we lost our OBS connection again. Hang on. Wait for it. Okay, we're back. (laughs) Sorry about that, everybody. Technical difficulties. 
You know it. You know it. That's... All right. Do we have anything else that we would like to cover? God, I, I don't think so. So 2020 was like everybody says, kind of a dumpster fire, and all of our lives have been changed uh, for better and worse because of it. Um, so I, I just, I hope 2021 is a lot better for all of us, for both of you. And I'm, I'm just, I'm looking forward to one more year of podcasting with you guys. Just one more? Stop it. Are you, is this you announcing your retirement? Stop it. I didn't say just one more. Okay, I said all right, one all more. All right, all right. Fair enough. <laughs> well, we got a lot to look now forward to. Now you're not looking forward to it anymore. Right? Like <laughs> I just ruined it. We, we've got a lot to look forward to this year. I'm really excited about a lot of what we're going to cover. I'm really looking forward to some of the new things that we're going to try out. So uh, you know, stay tuned. Next week, we're going to be covering the live-action Mulan, which is available on Disney+. Plus. Not part of the premium, just regular Disney+. Plus. Now, that's why we're covering it now. And then we kick off WandaVision. We'll be discussing, as Ray said, we'll, we'll be covering WandaVision each week through its nine episodes to kind of try out that new format and see how it goes. So you can journey through WandaVision with us. Yeah, you, just, you get three days to watch it and you can come join us live and chat with us about it. And we'll talk about whatever you bring up and uh, it should be a good time. That's right. That's right. So we, of course, are the Screen Heroes podcast on the Heroes Podcast Network. You can find us at Screen Heroes Pod on Twitter, heroespodcasts.com, where you can stream the show, where you can subscribe to our show on any number of podcast services like Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and more. If you drop us a review, we will read your review on the show, good or bad. We will discuss your review on the show. So please leave us a review where you can. Apple Podcasts, Podcast Attic, and Stitcher are great places for that. If you want to reach out to any of us, I am at the Star Trek Dude on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Ryan, where can people find you? You can find me at Buster Props, where I'm probably not posting anything, but I will get a notification and maybe ignore it, depending on what the comment is. We'll see. <laughs> if it's the Nicolas Cage thing and you want to talk to me about the history of swear words, then I'll definitely respond. Yes, definitely talk to Ryan about Nicolas Cage. And also Rachel. She doesn't act like she wants to talk about it, but she really does. You Deep down inside. You are going to regret it if you talk to me about it, because I will not participate. Ryan, you'll actually get a good I'm just gonna. We'll just make sure to tag her in each one so she gets a notification every time until she blocks me. Oh Speaking God. of Ray, Ray, where can people find you? I'm at Siren Ray on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter fantastic thank you to everyone who joined our live stream we live stream on the heroes podcast network public page on facebook every tuesday night at 9 p.m eastern 8 central thank you to everybody who joined us and chatted with us during the show we really appreciate all of your comments they really mean a lot so thank you for that we will catch everybody next week happy new year here's to 2021 Yep. That's a lot of exclamation points. You really got to cut that down. <laughs>